Welcome to Rhema for Today Radio. Again, the psalmist said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When we walk in the light of the word, we are not walking in darkness. Many times when we come to pray, we pray in darkness. Now you know what I mean when I say that, don't you? I'm not talking about the literal nighttime, but I mean in the darkness on the subject or about the situation. We don't know what God's will is. We're praying in the dark. We don't come with confidence. We don't come with boldness. We come trembling and somewhat fearful yet hoping, but that won't work. We can go to the Word and find out that practically everything and anything that we may need or about which we need to pray is already covered in His Word. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the series, The Will of God in Prayer by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's message. We're speaking to you on the subject, The Will of God in Prayer. Now then, let's read from 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. And this is the confidence, or another translation reads, the boldness that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. There are two words in the 14th verse on which we want to focus our attention. And those are the words, confidence and heareth. Under what condition do we have confidence, or another translation reads boldness, that he heareth us? Under this condition, that if we ask anything according to his will, or we might put it another way, according to his word. There is another thought before we get into that a little deeper, and that is what is found in the 15th verse. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Here is a very pertinent thought. If he heard us, we know we have the petitions. Then there must be something he doesn't hear. If he hear us, we know that we have the petitions. On the other hand, if this confidence and this boldness are not involved, he still didn't hear us. If we don't fulfill our part of it, it will not work. What is the thing that gives us confidence, boldness, and faith? It is the Word of God. The psalmist of old said, The entrance of thy words giveth light. Again, the psalmist said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When we walk in the light of the word, we are not walking in darkness. Many times when we come to pray, we pray in darkness. Now you know what I mean when I say that, don't you? I'm not talking about the literal nighttime, but I mean in the darkness on the subject or about the situation. We don't know what God's will is. We are praying in the dark. We don't come with confidence. We don't come with boldness. 
We come trembling and somewhat fearful, yet hoping. But that won't work. We can go to the Word and find out that practically everything and anything that we may need or about which we need to pray is already covered in His Word. Now, for instance, we'll reiterate this fact, that saving the lost is His will, for it is to this end that Jesus died. I know of no one who would pray for a loved one that was lost and say, Lord, if it is your will, save him. On the other hand, much of our praying for our loved ones or for the lost does not work, not because we question the will of God in it, but because we do not come with confidence and boldness. When one has confidence and boldness, then he knows that he has the petitions. He should settle that case for victory and close it out. Then again, our praying in this realm is very often in the natural instead of in the spirit. It is entirely in the mental or in the physical. We pray God save our loved one. And then we wait to see if God has answered our prayer. If they get saved, we believe he heard us. If they don't get saved or if there is no change in their life, we think, well, he didn't hear us. This is walking by sight and not by faith, which brings on confusion. We say, well, I have prayed and prayed. It just seems like praying doesn't work. But if you will come right back to the Word, God's Word will enlighten you. God's Word will instruct you as to why it does not work. Read it again. This is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, according to His will. Now there's no question that it is His will to save the lost. Remember, the scripture said, the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. The Bible said, For God so loved the world, you know, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Then you see with what confidence we can come to him. It is according to his will or word. If it is according to his will or his word, he hears us, for his word is his will. I believe that's a better way to put it. His word is his will. Because Jesus said, you know, in John's gospel, the 15th chapter and the 7th verse, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Under what condition did Jesus say ye shall ask what ye will? He said, if you abide in me. If you are born again, then you are in him. But then he also says, and my words abide in you. I remember a number of years ago, a denominational minister, just a country preacher, who never had an opportunity to pastor a very large church. Most of his parishes were small community churches. He had only a limited education, and it had prevented uh, promotion on his part. However, he was in constant demand for revivals because of his success and soul winning. He would go to a church where no one's being saved, no one had been saved for years, and would have a landslide meeting. You can understand why he was in demand. I talked to him, I remember, this was years ago, he's been dead, that is going to be with Jesus for a good many years now. But I talked to him when he was in his early 60s, and he was still having phenomenal success in revival meetings, winning the lost. In his own churches, 
he had altar services. He would get people on their knees and praying. He said, people are always asking me my secret. It's very simple. I just apply faith in that field like you do about healing or believe in God for anything. It never enters my mind to doubt that people will come to be saved. If the doubt did come, I would resist it in the name of Jesus. It's just that simple. I don't do a great deal of extra praying more than others do, but I do pray. I do seek God. I attribute it, however, entirely to that one point, that I just have confidence they will come. By the eye of faith, I see them coming. I see the altar filling up. If the meeting isn't going and people aren't coming, just like other times, I don't necessarily increase my praying or seeking God about it. I exercise more faith, he said. When I begin to give the invitation, I can just see them coming and they come. Now that is confidence he is expressing. He has prayed all right, but not excessively. Many times in our praying, we keep looking at the wrong thing. We see it not happening. Well, no one came last night and they probably won't come tonight either. This may be concerning the unsaved or any other problem. If it is finances, well, it hasn't happened yet, and I'll tell you when I get the money, then I'll believe it, people say. Or if it is some of the family or friends we're praying about, well, when I see them saved, when I see a change in them, I believe that God is dealing with them. You see, that isn't confidence in God's word. That isn't letting the word of God dwell in you at all. That is faith in what you see. Oftentimes, people undo all of their prayers they have prayed and prayed and solicited the help of others in praying, but then they have undone their prayers and even nullified the faith of other people who are praying by speaking so negatively. Their prayers didn't work. It's true. But they have undone the effect of other people's prayers by being so negative and speaking so negatively. I was holding a meeting for a minister one time who would pray for his children and request prayer by others for them. But by staying in his home, I was able to observe something. At the same time he was praying and requesting prayer, he would keep telling his boy, you'll never mount anything. I don't know what in the world I'm going to do with you. I've done everything I can do. I prayed and prayed, and it looks as though it didn't have any effect. I have asked others to pray, and it doesn't do any good. Well, what good is it going to do to pray if you're going to keep talking that way? That's confessing that other people's prayers are not working either. You're confessing that God isn't working on the boy or helping him in any way, that he's getting worse. In fact, you're telling him that he'll never mount anything. You're building doubt and insecurity into him. Well, you know, I talked to him about it, and I believe I was able to help him to a certain extent. The boy turned out quite well after all. It's important, my friends, to see that you don't take away from your prayers, but rather add to them. If you're praying for children in the home, you must not do anything that would nullify the effects of that prayer. You have to build confidence and security into children instead of doubt and insecurity. All the praying that you may do, if you are going to undo it, just isn't going to work. That's where so many people have lost their children. They have just nullified the effects of their prayers. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. This month's special offer is the Overcoming Prayer Package, which includes the Art of Prayer book by Kenneth E. Hagan and the three CD series from Ken Hagan, Prayer, 
the power plant of the church. Both tremendous resources are just $29.95. That's a savings of $6 off the retail price. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. Don't delay. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. If you're in the Oklahoma City area, come and experience what we call Sunday morning on Sunday night. They're at Rayma Bible Church, 8921 Northwest Expressway, 6 o'clock every Sunday night. We are there. Right. We're having some awesome services. It's not video. There might be a time that we might show some video, but it's live. I'm there. Craig there. Or one of the other associates is there. Yes. And I, I, I got this idea from, uh, you know, people start Saturday night service and so people be free on Sunday. I said, well, let's just have a Sunday night service and people can be free the whole weekend and come and enjoy Sunday morning on Sunday night. And so we invite you to come out there and be with us. Are you trying to determine what your next step in life is? Are you called to ministry or just want a deeper knowledge of the Bible? Now is the time to take action. Join us at College Weekend at Rama Bible Training College this November 9th through 11th. Attend class sessions, meet with instructors and the dean, plus much more. Call 918-258-1588, extension 2238, or register online at rbtc.org. That number again is 918-258-1588, extension 2238, or online at rbtc.org. Don't wait. Make a decision that could change your life. Make plans to join us next week at the same time and station for more of the series by Kenneth E. Hagan. That's next week here on Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.